Sometimes you need to warm up more to people and stop being so standoffish and businesslike. It's not like it's going to hurt. Um, I don't know about that. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So sit back, relax, and join me as we get into making it personal. I'll see you on the flip. Emotional distance. That has been something that we have been being programmed for since the 1950s. And now it is starting to really show in major ways by creating a lot of noticeable cracks in our society. Every day, I am seeing more research articles and popular articles talking about social isolation, mental anxiety disorders, uh, depression, feelings of uh, isolation, as well as our decrease in sexual health and sexual activity across all of the adult uh, ranges. And it is, it's, it's concerning. And so I wanted to take a take a moment to uh, talk about making it personal. And I was inspired to do this um, podcast, I guess, uh, because I was recently uh, confronted with my prickliness when it comes to dealing personally with people that are new to me. I thought I was a very engaging person, only to find out that... I was coming off as being standoffish and businesslike. And so I was like, you know what? I promised on this podcast when I got Wisdom Spikes, I was going to share them with you as Wisdom gave me permission. And so that's what I'm doing today. And (laughs) it's been very humbling. Now, let me just go on and say this. I write romance for a living. And I can have a lot of skepticism about the whole thing. And I have I have prided myself on being a skeptic and thus being able to write the romance because it's fiction. <laughs> but one of the things that I have had to re-examine is my ability to connect socially with people that I may not know and who I, you know, just recently met. And I am not going to say that, oh, it's just because that's how society is. I'm going to say that I have to take ownership of this as well and, you know, own it. And with that, I'm going to talk to you about a few things that um, I have experienced. And because I have become aware of this, I have talked to, of course, the people who know me and I hope still love me the best. Um, And this is going to uh, hopefully help us all. All right. So let's get into it. And thank you for listening to that confessional rambling because it's hard to say it. (laughs) All right. So to get through this, I'm going to pretend that you are one of my besties. You are truly in my tribe, my inner circle. And I'm going to hope that you don't use this against me sometime in the future uh, for whatever reason, okay? Or even now. All right, so how to make it personal or making it personal because I'm still going through this. One of the things, like I said before at the beginning, is that I 
because I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that first, I had to realize that I had an aversion to emotional closeness um, from those who hadn't run the gauntlet in the obstacle course of, of life, you know, being with me. And when I look at it, the average person that I spend any amount of time with on a social to intimate level has known me for more than five years. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> and of course, that includes family members, friends, and, and the like. But it is just amazing because I would have sworn that, oh, yes, I am. I'm really good at this emotional, you know, awareness and closeness thing until I was confronted. And I want to thank that person who told me, well, actually, they use more words like I have a shield up and all this kind of stuff. But hey, you know, let's 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 keep this light so I don't cry. <laughs> and I guess you might be like, well, why does it matter? Why do you care? And the reason why it matters and the reason why I care is because wisdom has been doing a work on me uh, as I'm continuing to collect these articles and, and read the uh, research that I can about it. And wisdom is like, you have to wake up. We are made to be a network of connection. And the more we isolate and cocoon ourselves, the more we're going to cause even more issues. And so the emotional closeness, that's one of the, the, the main wisdoms that I've been working on and I want to share with you. And that is that we have to, have to uh, press ourselves to become open to building new connections. Am I saying that you have to forget your friends and family and those you like, you know, know and trust from, you know, who are your ride or dies? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is we can no longer have this mentality of we three and no more or, or my fam and no one else. And, uh, doing that is going to help with connection. Now, there's this great thing that um, I discovered. And I discovered it because, I'll just say it, um, oh boy, this is really a vulnerability one today. Um, I do not like to be pranked. I don't like to be teased. And I surely don't like uh, to be the butt of a joke. I have ended friendships over that. And it's not because I, you know, they didn't know. It's because I was very articulate in like, these are the things I don't like. But there are some things that I like and I found out I like them because we're wired to like them. And that is this thing called affectionate teasing. And the difference between affectionate teasing and the others that I've talked about, the snarkiness, the um, pranking and all of that is because with affectionate teasing, it is a form of connection. It is a loving embrace of someone. And an example of an affectionate teasing would be a nickname. And I notice I give those to those who I care enough about and uh, terms of endearment um, that make people, you know, like, you know, when I say not bad, but in a way that reminds them of a time, a shared time that you have that might not have been the most stellar. But because you share that time and that memory, it's a fun 
memory. And so this affectionate teasing, I'm still, you know, looking it up, but I was like, I definitely want to share it with you. And I, like I said before, I am just, I'm taking a leap of faith here to say, oh, okay, breathe in, breathe out. Let's, you know, put the uh, emotional distance uh, far away and, and just talk here. And so Affectionate teasing is something that I'm learning to embrace more of and be more cognizant of when I naturally do it and when I naturally receive it so that I can open and grow. And I do want to put a preface preface here. Anything that does not make you feel good, if it's quote unquote affectionate teasing, you do need to speak up and let people know that doesn't feel good. Please don't do that so that you can always be teaching them how to love you, how to be around you. And that brings me to the next thing that I want to talk about. And that is how we need to build self-definition of ourselves with others by sharing. One of um, the other things that uh, I have been looking at is silence. When someone upsets you, go silent. And of course, y'all know I'm a geek by now, and I've uh, read some other recent articles that talk about the uh, the detriment of going silent in a relationship, because when you go silent and just stop talking, uh, you, you retreat inward, you do psychic damage to your relationship because it's not only a punishment to that other person, it's a punishment to you as well. And if you do it enough, you lose Uh, that relationship that you're trying to correct. And so self-definition through sharing is the uh, antidote to that. It is the antithesis. And so by starting to quote unquote, use our words and just dare to be okay with upsetting someone with our truth, as long as we say it in love, honesty, and we don't try to go on an offensive attack to, you know, hurt someone. If that person is on the maturity level needed to be able to be around you and to love you, then that is going to be good because you're going to grow together. And Because of this self-definition through sharing, one of the things that you'll learn, and I'm learning, is that you continue to learn great stuff about yourself when you're around certain people. I have learned that I have complexions, and I have degrees, and I have uh, different little quirks about me, depending on whose company I'm in. And It's been wonderful exploring that now that I have been convicted of my nice but distance, a distantness when it comes to new people. And uh, it's it's just, I'm very thankful for this wisdom smack. And this one wasn't a cute little peg. No, this is a smack upside the head because we never stop learning, we never stop growing, and we should never stop including people to love in our circles. And, you know, and so because of that, I have been journaling and looking at it and working through it because I don't want to lose that bit, that precious bit of humanity. Um, I have a podcast coming up that I am okay with um, talking about, um, you know, based on my wisdom checkoff that talks about the differences Uh, when you're in a society and when you're in an economy. And I had to realize that I had immersed myself in the economy of business for so long that 
my relationships with people that I didn't quote unquote let into my inner circle were only transactional. And that's the next thing I want to say about this. When you start learning to use your words to to define yourself to others by letting them know what you like, what you don't like, and what you like about them, you notice I didn't say don't like because that should be used sparingly like strong salt. Uh, It continues to help you to grow. And because of that, we start to be able to be understood. That's one of the big, big things. And feeling understood, oh my gosh, that right there, that is, I think that's one of the main reasons we interact with others so that we can feel like we are understood and we are with people who we understand. And it's very, it's very powerful. When I deconstruct uh, relationships that I want to have for my characters, that's one of the main components I use. And I was like, duh, I do this when I create fiction works. Why don't I do it, you know, and take my own own advice in my own life when I am dealing with new people. And and let, don't 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 let me make it seem like I am just Miss Frost Queen and cold to new people. No, it's not that. It's simply that I have been convicted that I have this distance, this emotional distance where I'm nice, but I don't connect. And that's the whole thing. It's about connection. It's about our network where I don't I'll open that door to let people truly connect with me. And, you know, I'll be the first to say, I've been quite happy (laughs) with the people that I know and love and trust. And it is because as I look back over the years, we have already gone through all of that, um, the, the ups and downs of the relationship. We have gone through where we can be honest and speak to each other, and it's no big deal. And... I don't have to worry about those people doing things that I don't know. I mean, that I don't like because they know me enough to be like, Mm-mm, don't do that. <laughs> and I know them enough to do like, uh-uh, don't, don't do that. And so it can be kind of fearful. And so what I want to talk about next, because, you know, this first part has been really mushy and, and thank you for, for getting, you know, to this point. I now want to look at, The other side of that, because, you know, I'm all about in the wisdom, get some practicalness because that's that's why we we work with wisdom this way. So I want to talk about how to grow our our interactions. So the first part is, is if this is resonated with you and you find that you've been nice to a lot of people, but you've not really opened the door for people to get to know you you know, in a, in a better setting outside of maybe business or um, social politeness, you have to grow your interactions. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is moving from a transactional to a transformative experience. And when I say transformative, moving your interaction and your relationship with these people from a friendly stranger to friendly acquaintance to friendly, friendly. And we don't realize it. And I'm, I, and I hate to pause because I'm trying to use the right words and, and, and I'm getting all nervous and I'm like, Hey, it's you, you have been listening to me. And, and I, I am going to, to say, I hope we are friendly. Okay. So anyway, when I was looking through this and, and, 
and really wrestling with what that feedback was with that person, I had to realize that I was trying to make too big of a jump when they said, I just want to be friendly. I just want to get to know you better. I was like, you're not in my inner circle. I don't trust you like that. I have had hurts, <laughs> you know, and, and we all have. But there is this, this blessed place. It's not a way station as much as it is a sorting facility. And it is the blessed place of friendly acquaintances. Oh, yes. And now I am starting to be okay with opening up the gates of the land of friendly acquaintances in my life. And I'm going to encourage you to do that as well, because that's where you'll start to grow your interactions with people. Because when you have friendly acquaintances, you get an opportunity to test out all of the stuff that I just talked about before. How does it feel to bridge the gap, to connect with them, to close some of the emotional distance? How do they handle if you want to share something that's not for their entertainment? And when I say not for their entertainment, I'm talking about stuff that's your truth, but does that is is a little heavier. Now, you don't dump on them and you don't, you know, overwhelm them with with all of these deep darks, but, you know, testing the water here and there. And then emotional teasing, not pranking, not being snarky, uh, not having that snipish uh, mean girl or mean boy kind of thing, but just doing some affectionate teasing of, um, you know, each other. And then the self-definition by sharing, meaning that you trust yourself and them enough to start helping them understand how better to interact with you and even to love you and be willing to do the same if they reciprocate. Am I going to say that, oh, all of a sudden you're going to have all these friends? No, I'm not saying that. I am saying that you're going to start to build a valuable skill that you may not have known you needed to have. You know, being personable, being friendly so that you can have friends in today's world has become a, a, a lost art and people don't know how to manage it. You know, <laughs> heck, I was trained in social interaction to help people. And here I said, having to confess to you in the void that I am sorely missing in it, that I have gotten rusty in how to, to do this very thing. And, and so I am, like I said, I'm being vulnerable and telling you, we have to make it personal. We have to be open to new uh, experiences, new life and new things. And the next thing is, is um, when, when you're growing your interactions, so for moving from transactional, like I do something, you do something, we both benefit you know, and moving it to a transformative is I want to talk about this other part that I mentioned at the top. And that is about how our society and in the Western world, we have, we have really degraded our ability to know, show and experience intimacy. Now don't, don't turn me off now that I've said the big I word, but intimacy that is one of the things that's that is the scariest. That's right up there with public speaking, especially when you don't know what to say. Intimacy is something that most people immediately equate with um, genital penetrations and interactions. Okay, 
But there are many levels to this whole intimacy thing. And we have to be able to be more well-versed in how to engage in it and how to um, receive it. One of the things that I am finding as I'm probing into this and and being able to ask those I know, love, and trust, and, and a few of those who have reached out to me wanting to have deeper friendships and interactions with me, is this thing about how it feels to have intimacy with someone. And I'm going to just say it. It does not necessarily feel all that good when it first starts to happen because for a lot of us, it is becoming a place of uncommonness, something that we don't feel like we're able to manage. And because we don't feel like we're able to manage it, we shun it and it feels prickly. It feels polarizing. It feels unstable. And that's a problem. And the reason why it's a problem is because based on, and I don't want to call it doom and gloom, but seriously, based on some of the reports that are coming out, we're just not able to make that connection of intimacy. And thus, we can be in a crowded room. We can be around people that we even call our friends that are at best transactional buddies and still feel isolated, alone lonely, desperate for affection and attention. And so let me take these few minutes that I have left with you to talk about intimacy. And then I definitely do want to talk a a little bit more about making the crossover to ultimate intimacy with, with someone that you might find that you love. Okay, so I know that's a lot to tackle in a few minutes, but I'm going to give it a, you know, a good college try here. All right, so with intimacy. One of the things I will say is this, intimacy involves vulnerability. What I'm doing now, you know, confessing that, hey, I am missing the mark on this. I suck at this right now and I should be better at it, especially at my age. I should be better at it. But being vulnerable enough to put it out there, to to share with you, that is a form of intimacy. And the intimacy is not that you tell um deep secrets that would make the other person uncomfortable. No, you tell them truths and vulnerabilities in stages, in levels of depth. Now, let me talk real quick about the quickness factor. I mean, the creepiness factor. The creepiness factor is like this all or nothing situation where you're either cold or you want to just move the situation and the relationship to the ultimate intensity. And that comes not because people are wanting to be creepy, but because of lack of experience, lack of opportunity, and being walled off for so long that the first person that shows in any kind of way that they're ready or willing to have more to an interaction with you, you don't have any restraint and you don't have any skills for that. So there are skills to intimacy. There really are. Um, So much so that there was this um, 12 point um, levels to intimacy that was a really big deal when I, um, not not when, but uh, dealing with uh, how humans interact 
And I'm not going to go through all 12 of them. I'm just going to give you a quick little overview. And so with these 12 points, they were originally, they were originally um, put together by an anthro, uh, anthropologist. And then they were adapted to uh, romance writers so that we could write how to uh, make it realistic that people would meet and then they would end up in bed and marriage and all this kind of stuff. And so it comes from physicality. But there are ways that you can do this if you are never physically uh, close enough to a person. But you can do things like in the first stages of this intimacy thing, they talk about visuals. So it involves, it's very sensual, involves, involves visuals. And so it's a look, the way you can look at someone. Next, it, it moves from that to a touch, but it's a touch in a non-erogenous zone. It's a handshake. It's, it's a, a brush against, you know, the hands. And then after that, it moves into, uh, a touch that lingers. So the length of time, uh, it can be to um, a touch on an elbow or uh, a top of a hand. Uh, it can be even with a handshake, uh, how the webs of, of the hands that connect the thumb to the rest of the hand, how they meet. And then, of course, it moves on up to uh, a press of bodies against each other. Then it moves on to a kiss and on and on and on, because I'm not going to go into those because I, I try to really keep this as PC as possible. Um, PG, excuse me, PG as possible. Uh, but it goes on and on from there. And so if you are wanting to start to develop your skills of intimacy, you have to know pacing and you have to know observe, uh, observatory um, clues. And I'm going to tell you, I suck at that. I, I just suck at it. Um, when it comes to observatory clues, I'm one of those people that if you want to tell me, hey, I like you, you have to say it. I, I don't catch on to subtleties. I just don't. And and that was what one of this this, this these complaints were. It was like, you, you are just so frustrating because you're always so business-like. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you have to tell me. <laughs> but I do understand it's hard for someone to do that because they don't want to come off as the creepy person. They don't. And I get that. And so I'm stretching and growing as well. And I have gone back to review those 12 steps of intimacy and you can Google it. Yeah. Just Google it. You guys, it's out there. Um, but the, the, the next part of this intimacy is there is a trust factor. And that is where people have the biggest problem. And the reason why is because up until that point, you really don't know if this person can be trusted with your feelings, with your insights, and with the things that you hold dear and true. And because of that, there are going to be times when you get upset. I had a situation with a friend where I said something to them and it got back to me. And when I, I didn't confront them, but we have, we've, we've known each other long enough where I was like, you said something and I know you said it because you were the only person I told it to. And then it got back to me, but it got back to me with commentary that I didn't like, you know, um, it wasn't a confrontation. It was like, I, I was just being honest. It's like, that really hurt. And I want to expect that when we have our deep conversations, I should not hear them from someone else because I don't do that to you. And they were like, oh, I am so sorry. The, the situation came up where I thought that what we were talking about 
out would help them. And, and, you know, I am, I apologize, you know, for that. And I, I wasn't trying to mess up their other relationship. It was just, it was something of a trust issue that I had to work with. And this is with someone that I have known for a while. And yes, we're still really good friends because we worked through that. It doesn't happen anymore. But I had to learn that going back to where I talked about self-definition through uh, sharing, this is the part where you tell people how to love you, what you expect from them. And then you get what they expect from you because they are not the same a lot of times. And thus, if they continue to break what you expect from them that represents good friendship, good love, then you know this is not for me. But with that intimacy, when you get to that trust time, you need to use your words and you really need to, to help people to understand how to love you. Don't take it for granted that they know what you like and what you know and what you trust and what you want. You have to speak up. And when they violate it, don't go silent. Find a loving way to keep the interaction that you guys have as transformative. And the last minute that I have here with you guys before I have to break this down is I need to say this. We all need intimacy by way of sex. Yes, we do. We are made for that. And even past um, procreation and all of that. But we also have to remember that you have to make an investment before you can make that withdrawal of that type of intimacy. And so if you want to have those kind of relationships, you've got to be willing to do more on the connection side. So as I'm wrapping this up, let me go back and and recap real quick some of the stuff I talked about. And that is to make it personal, remove the emotional distance by stepping out of your comfort zone. Consciously connect with people, move past the transaction to a more transformative interaction where you and that person change for the better in how you know each other. Employ affectionate teasing. Make sure that you're teaching people how to love you by sharing with them and by being understood and seeking to understand. And then grow your interactions by understanding intimacy. Look up the 12 stages of intimacy if you need to and understand that it takes time to get from point A to point Z. All right. So we've covered a lot that's emotionally heavy, but I thank you for sticking with me today. So guess what? Yep. My time is up. I sure do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Love you. Check the show notes and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.